0: Well, happy Thursday, everybody. and Welcome to our Thursday broadcast. And we're looking forward to getting into the Word of God today and starting this new series on the doctrine of hell. And I'm telling you, we need to deal with this. This this needs to be preached more throughout the church, because there is so much wickedness going on in the earth. And people really now, have no really, uh, they're, they're not even afraid of death. People are just doing death defying things. And, and so we need to get into the word of God and see what God has to say to us as we deal with this subject that needs to be talked with. D- Jesus dealt with hell a lot in the Bible. And uh, I know of preachers, national preachers that, that have said publicly that they don't even wanna preach on hell or talk about hell or even mention hell. And that's terrible because it's in the Bible. And so we're going to take uh, the Bible doctrine of what hell is, and we're going to share with you from what the Word of God says so that we can understand what is so important about hell. And I think most of well I know all of you uh, that are listening, you probably understand and, and you've heard about hell, but we want to find out what was the purpose of hell, what is hell— where is hell? Who goes to hell? And, 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 and what, what is the destiny of hell? And so we're going to get into all of these different things and see what the Holy Spirit has to say to us today concerning the doctrine of hell. So let's get right into the word. And before we get into the word, let's pray so that the, the revelation of God and the protection of God can come upon the people of God. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you for your spirit and your anointing and your presence. I ask you now, Father, to let our great teacher, the Holy Ghost, rise up among us and teach us and give us revelation, knowledge and of the spirit of truth in the word of God. And so we give you the praise, Lord. We give you the honor and we give you the glory for what you're about to share with us today. And we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So let's get to the to the scriptures here and we want to find out, first of all, what is hell. We need to find out what hell is first. And so we're going to see a couple of scriptures and then I'll uh, share with you what hell is. Now, the first scripture that we're going to talk about is in the Old Testament because uh, hell was a, uh, a place that was dealt with in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament. Now, there are different words for the, uh, the word hell, Uh, In the Old Testament as compared to the new. But let's get into the word and see. And I'm telling you, this this is some powerful, powerful truths when we're talking about what is hell. All right, let's go to the book of Psalms chapter nine. And we're going to look at verse 17. Notice what the scripture says in Psalms nine and 17. It says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. You see that? The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. So here the scripture says very clearly that the wicked are going to a place called hell. And, and the word hell there is used. And so, but notice what it says. The wicked shall, see, this is, this is, you need to understand this, see, uh, because this is such a powerful revelation and a powerful truth. It says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. So notice that means every nation that forgets God, they're going to be turned into hell. The word hell here is the word seol, S-E-O-L, and it means the world of the dead. It talks about the grave death and the depths of death. Now, when we're talking about this word sheol, this word uh, talks about hell being down it, it's being deep and notice what job called it in uh when job was talking about hell he called the ways of the almighty higher than heaven but lower than sheol or the depths of the earth in other words they knew that the, that that sheol or hell uh, that they called it It was in the depths of the earth. And we're going to see and get a a definitive on that as far as where is hell when we get it out of Jesus's own mouth. And so we need to understand. You remember the psalmist when he was making the statement, he said. Wherever he would go, he could not uh, escape the presence of God. He said, if I make if I go into heaven, he's there. And if I make my bed in hell, he is there. In other words, hell here, uh, the word sealed, it means the deepest valley or the depths of the earth. That's what Isaiah talks about in Isaiah 7, 11. And so when he talks about hell, it's talking about the deepest valley or the deepest depths of the earth. And so we need to understand here that hell is the place of the dead. This what is what hell is. Now, we, 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 I want you to understand that. First of all, hell is for people who have died. All right? You get that? Because when talking about this now, hell is for people who have dead. It, It talks about people who have gone in through death. And so when a person dies, when a person dies, if they are not born again, then as soon as they die and and what that death is, when their spirit and soul leave their body, their spirit and soul immediately are catapulted into hell and there they will punish, be punished. And so we need to understand that. So hell is a place and it's after death. There are no living people there as far as, what we consider living people like living and breathing here. No, these people, every person that is in hell has died. And so we need to understand that, that death is the entrance into hell. And so uh, we're going to find out though, that hell because of the powers that are a resident in hell, hell can reach up and get a hold of a person and, and affect their lives. And we'll get into that as we go later on into this series. But I want you to understand right now that hell is, is on the other side of death. And so people always saying, you know, you can make your own heaven and hell right here on earth. No, you can't. People that are alive have no idea of the depths and the degradation and the pain and the torment of hell. And so we need to understand that because none of us have ever gone there. And I pray that you never will. But, you know, if you don't do what God says, then you're going to have to pay the price. Praise God. So we see here that the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. So how do you get into hell? Be wicked. How do you get into hell? Forget God. So when you forget God, then you don't obey God. This is what it says here. So this is the Old Testament here, and this is in the book of Psalms. Now, let's see what the word says about hell in the New Testament. And we're going to go to the book of Matthew chapter 23. And this time we're going to look at verse 33 and see what the scripture says about hell. We're just giving you, first of all, uh, giving you a definition of hell. Now here, let's go to Matthew 23, Now, notice what the scripture says. It says, you serpents, you generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? So now we find here he talks about hell and he talks about the damnation of hell. Now here. The word hell is the word Gehenna, Gehenna, G-E-N-N-A. And this word means hell. Hell. And it means the place or the state of the lost and the condemned. So again, it's talking about the place where the lost or the dead that have died without Jesus, without a relationship with God, this is where they go. And it says they are lost and condemned. This word hell here in the New Testament, it talks about the final place of punishment into which the wicked are cast after the last judgment. It's a place of torment for both the body and the soul. And so we need to understand that. And, and we need to see what the scripture is saying when we're talking about hell. The word hell is also referred to as the word Jana G-E-H-E-N-N-A. And that's the punishment. It's the worst punishment. Part of punishment, that it slays both the soul and the body of the individuals, and we're going to talk about that as we get along. Long, along uh, further into the teaching. And so here we find here also that in the book of Matthew and in Luke, the book of Gehenna, it is conceived of as a fire, an unquenchable fire. And so whether the fire quencheth not. All of these scriptures, the furnace of a fire. So now we see that hell, what we're seeing here, uh, we're seeing different references of the scriptures and some of the references of the scriptures are calling hell an unquenchable fire a place where the worm dies, not and the fire is not quenched, a furnace of fire. And so we understanding now that the place called hell is not only a place where the dead go when they die, their spirit and soul, but now we see it's a place of punishment and we also see it's a place of fire. So now we understand something. Hell is a place. It is a place. A fire and fire burns. So it is a fire that burns. Now it also is a place, a receptacle for the unsaved dead. Those that have died without a relationship with God, their spirit and soul goes to hell. And there they are punished in the fire. And we're going to break all of this down, but just uh, right now, I just want to give you the definition of hell. So hell is now the place of the departed dead that they go, who are not born again, and they go and it is a place of fire where they burn in the fire and they are condemned and they're judged in the fire. So this is what hell is. So I want you to see that. This is a powerful revelation of truth. Now I want to share with you what is the purpose of hell? Because we know now, and just to, you know, with that breaking down, this is what hell is. Now let's see what is hell's purpose because we need to see this. And now we're going to begin to break down. What is the purpose of hell? This is a powerful revelation. And we're going to go to the book of Matthew chapter 25. And we're going to look at verse 41. And we're going to see what the Bible says about the purpose of hell. Why was hell created in the first place? Praise God. Well, let's go to Matthew 25, 41, and let's see what the Lord says. It says, then shall he say unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, notice what it says here. It says, depart from me. You cursed. These are what the words that, that the Lord is going to speak to those that have that have died and they're not in relationship with God. Depart from me. ye cursed. So that means then that cursed people go into hell. Now, notice now hell. What is the purpose of hell? It is. Watch this now. The purpose of hell is it is an everlasting fire. But now notice what it is. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. This is what hell was prepared for. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. The purpose of hell. I want you to see this now. The purpose of hell was that it was prepared by God to burn Satan and his fallen angels and that was it And his evil spirits. This is the purpose of hell. Hell was created for punishment for Satan. Now we understand. Now, now, let me share some things with you about, uh, about hell so that you can understand this. Now, first of all, Satan is an angel, a fallen angel. And the angels that left heaven with him. You know, God created an innumerable number of angels. And then out of that one innumerable number of angels, Satan caused one third of that innumerable number of angels to follow after his deception. And they followed him in rebelling against God and they were all kicked out of heaven. Now. Some of the angels were sent and and, and they were chained into a bottomless pit, which they will be released at the end of the great white throne judgment. And then they'll all be thrown into hell. But I want you to understand something. Satan is an angel, his angel and the fallen angels are angels. And which means that they are spirits. They're spirit beings. They're not physical beings. They don't have bodies like you and I, flesh and bone and blood bodies. They are spirit beings. And if Satan was to stand in front of you and and, and he would be made visible so that God would allow you to see in the spirit through the discerning of spirits. If you tried to hit Satan with your fist, you would swing at where he is and your fist would just go right through it because he's a spirit being. And so you don't contact him with your physical body. And so I want you to understand that. But now notice something about hell. But God said that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. And I want you to also understand that hell is a literal place. It is a literal place. And the devil and his angels were created by God, first of all, to be perfect. And to walk in worship and praising God. That's why they were created. But when they fell, they were then banished, and their final punishment was hell. Now, God already knew before the foundation of the world, before everything, anything was created, he knew that his angel called Lucifer was going to turn on him. And so God prepared hell for Lucifer and his angels, even before Lucifer and his angels were created because God already knew what he was going to do. So he already has his place set up for him. Now, one of the things about hell that is so interesting is that remember now, we're sharing with you that angels are spirit beings. They don't have physical bodies, but hell's fire I want you to understand this. Hell's fire, when God created the fire of hell, he created hell and its fire in such a way that even though it is a literal flame, it is able to burn spiritual bodies. Now, that, that, that's, that's power. So spirits and souls, which are immaterial, can burn and do burn in the fires of hell. In essence, what God did when he created, what kind of fire is that? It'll burn spirits. Hell's fires burn spirits. And you're going to also see as we get later on in the teaching that when the resurrection finally takes place, the great resurrection and the white throne judgment, when everybody that's dead is going to be raised, their bodies are going to be raised. That means the, the saints of God, we know we're going to be raised from the dead at the rapture of the church. When Jesus meets us in the sky, then our physical bodies will be resurrected from the dead and our physical bodies will then uh, take hold of our spirits and soul and our physical bodies will be changed into an eternal body. And then our physical spiritual uh, bodies will be now physical and spiritual and eternal. Those would, that's what's going to happen to our physical body. So that matters. However a person dies in the earth, and how, no matter how long that person's been died, we know that death is when the spirit and the soul are separated from the physical body. Now, when your physical body is separated from your spirit and soul, what takes place in your physical body is it begins, it does not cease to exist. Even though your physical body uh, no longer has life in it, it does not cease to exist, it just changes its form. Now we know that the physical body as uh, once the the spirit and the soul live uh, leave out, the body begins to decay and as it decays, the Bible talks about it'll return to the dust. in other words, it just changes its form back into dust, but it does still exist. and so when God begin when when the time comes for God to resurrect those bodies so that he can, Put those spirit, the people's spirits and souls back inside of their bodies, and their bodies will be changed back into, and they will actually change the 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 physical stature of that body again. Will change back from whatever it is that caused that body to change its form. It will change back into a spiritual, uh, not a spiritual form, but a physical form again, and it will then be able to be able to house a spirit and a soul. But then this time this body will be changed and its form will become eternal, not just a mortal body now, but an eternal body. Now that's for the saints, the Christians. So any, it doesn't matter what happens to a body. Bodies do not cease to exist. And so what happens is, so if a person dies in a fire and their bodies burn up in the fire, and the bodies turn into ashes, those bodies, when God begins to resurrect the bodies, those bodies will change back into the physical body. And then that body will become glorified. And then that person's spirit and soul will enter back into that body and they'll go back up into heaven with God, with an eternal physical body, as well as a spirit and soul. But now let's talk about the dead that don't have a resurrection with Jesus. These are the people that died that are not born again. Now, what happens to them is their bodies also change its form. Their bodies decay. So if they were burned up in a fire, turns to ashes, or if it was eaten by an animal and it's been digested and all of that, it just changes form. The body's still there, but it's just changed its form. Now, when the great white throne judgment comes, God is going to resurrect every person's body that died, that, that is not born again. And that person's body is going to be brought back in its mortal state And that person's spirit and soul are going to be placed back inside of their bodies. And then they are going to be cast into hell, into the fire of hell, so that they're not just going to burn spiritually and soulishly, but their physical bodies are going to burn in hell's fire. And they're going to be tormented for everlasting and everlasting and everlasting. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go through that. I like the part about my body being made eternal, my spirit and soul getting back into it. And I get to go to heaven and 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 live with God and live with Jesus and reign in a new heaven and a new earth glorified. That's how I want to make it. I don't want to go in and in, in my physical body. See if people think that they dead and that that's it. it is not, it's just the beginning. Uh, these few years that we have on the earth are very short. Because when we're talking about eternity, uh, if you were to take a timeline and try to make a timeline of eternity, which you can't because eternity is outside of time. But just in case you were trying to measure the years that we have, say these 70, 80, 90, 100 years that we have here on Earth, or even the 900 years that they had when Adam and him first died. When you look at it in comparison to eternity, you can't even see it. It doesn't even show up on the on, on, on the radar. Why? Because eternity is forever. And so this part, so what I'm saying to you is Satan has deceived us into thinking that we've got so much time on earth and this time on earth is so long and these hundred years, these 50, 60, 70, 80 years, and we can just do what we want, but you need to understand what you do in these years that you have on the earth, which is short, is going to determine your eternal destiny. And if you live your life and you don't walk in relationship and fellowship with Jesus and you're not born again, then when you physically die and your spirit and soul leave your body There is no more chance for you to be changed or or, or saved. Therefore, immediately your spirit and soul go into the fire of hell and begin to burn while your body decomposes, but the day is coming when your body is going to be changed back to the form of its physical form. And then your spirit and soul are going to go back into that physical body. And then going right back into the fires of hell. And then all of you are going to burn in forever, your physical body, your spirit and your soul together. And then it eventually hell and death are going to be cast into the lake of fire, which means then that those that are burning in hell, when hell itself gets cast into the lake of fire, everybody that's in hell is going to get burned and they're going to be burning in the lake of fire forever and ever. In essence, what I'm trying to get you to see is whatever the devil uh, uh, did, it was so powerfully evil. It was so powerfully wicked that God created hell for the devil. What was it that the devil did that was so so heinous that God created hell for him and his angels? Well, he rebelled against God. He transgressed the law of God. And see, what I want you to understand is, see, look at this, this is so powerful. He says, now, this is this is this is powerful, and I want you to see this. He says, then say shall he say unto them on the left hand and he, he's talking about people now depart from me you cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels the word everlasting there is the word aeonios, and it means eternal, it means perpetual, and it means, it. the word aeon, it means an age or a time period, but the time period is eternal, and it is per- perpetual. So now when we're talking about this fire, Everlasting, that means that forever and ever and ever, perpetually going on, it is an eternal fire, which means this is the punishment that is brought about by God. It's eternal punishment that God gives that lasts forever. I want you to get that. And it is a fire. So this fire has been created to be eternal and perpetual and continually burned. It never burns up. It never goes out. And it is eternal, and it is it, it refers to the punishment that lasts forever. So God, what he did was he punished Satan, he punished his fallen angels, and he punishes every human that refuses to accept God. See, you need to understand something. God is the creator of heaven and earth, but not only is he the creator of heaven and earth, he is the possessor of heaven and earth and everything that God possesses, he owns. And when God creates something and he gives it life, then he demands that that thing that he has created, whether it's an angel or an animal or a human or an insect, whatever he expects for it to live and to function the way that he created it and when it doesn't because of his righteousness and his purity and his holiness and whenever he creates something and it and it rebels against him it rejects his order then god moves in judgment on it and therefore the angels that Satan caused to rebel against God. Here, now watch this now. Why, what, what, what did the devil do? The Bible says that Lucifer, his name was Lucifer. God said he was the anointed cherub that covereth. That word anointed means he was he was empowered by the Spirit of God. He was enabled by the Spirit of God. The Bible said he was a covereth. I mean, a cherub, which means he was an angel, and he said he was the anointed cherub that covereth. So he he had an he had an empowering by the Holy Spirit, and that the empowering ability that the Holy Spirit gave him, and I'll share with you what that was. That empowering ability that the Holy Spirit gave him was the ability to cover. And that word covereth means to guard and to protect against an enemy. So here Lucifer was created and and he was anointed by God to guard against and to protect from an enemy. Now, remember, everything was perfect back then. So what enemy was Lucifer? Because there was no devil because Lucifer was an angel and he was perfect. The Bible said, thou sendest up to some full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Sillus up to sum means that he encompassed, he encompassed the full measure, of whatever it is God was giving out to a created being, God gave him the full amount. And then it's that's what the word sealus up to sum means. And then it says, full of wisdom. Wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. It, it, it applies the word of God correctly. It applies the knowledge of God correctly. So now he's full of wisdom. So he knows the things that God wants him to know, and he knows how to apply the things that God wants him to know. Full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. He was absolutely perfect. The Bible said he was an angel and made into his body where the uh, precious stones were made into his body. If you look at it and the Bible talks about those 12 precious stones that were made into his body. And so here we find that this created angel was an angel that had precious stones all through his body. So that when the light of God would shine on him then the reflection and the refraction of the light would bring a kaleidoscope of light colors. And so it was beautiful. It was radiant. It was magnificent. It was mesmerizing, awe-inspiring, and it all led to the worship and praise of God. Lucifer also had made within his body the three natural forms of instrument, the percussive, the wind, and the string. They were made into his body. So that he was the music of God. His purpose was to lead the creation of God into worshiping and praising God. Oh, now we got it. Now we're starting to get to where this is why God got uh, was so angry with Lucifer is because God desires and he demands worship and praise from his creation. The Bible says that we were created for his praise. The Bible teaches us in the book of Psalms, praise ye the Lord. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. God not only desires, but demands to be praised because he is worthy of praise because he is perfect. He is absolutely perfect. He's absolutely awesome. He's absolutely magnificent. He's absolutely glorious. He's absolutely worthy of all of our worship and all of our praise because he's created us and given us an opportunity to get to know him. Then we should honor him and worship him and praise him. He said even the rocks would cry out and praise him. He said even the trees would clap their hands. You need to understand something that God created everything for his praise. And so he desires praise. And he deserves praise because he's created everything. And here his angel that was created by God to lead the whole creation of God into worshiping and praising God. And God invested into him. He invested wisdom into him. He invested beauty into him. He invested financial prosperity into him through the the precious stones. Come on, somebody. Lucifer was the perfect Creation of God. The Bible said he was perfect in beauty. And so then he turns around, and as he's leading the worshiping and the praising of God, and he's leading the creation into worshiping and praising God, then Lucifer begins to see when the worship and the praise goes up unto God, and the and the, the power of that worship, the power of that praise that goes up to God. And, and then God receives that worship and praise and, and the whole creation, the atmosphere changes with the glory of God as the glory of God begins to manifest. For the Bible said the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. In other words, when if you want to get God into your presence, then get into his presence by worshiping him and praising him. And if you're really, truly worshiping and praising him, he will flood your soul, flood your life and flood your atmosphere with his presence. How many of you have ever been in a service where you were worshiping God and you really or you're not even in a service, you were in your own house or you were in your car. You could be anywhere. And you began to just worship and praise God. And then all of a sudden The atmosphere changed in wherever you were and it got thick and you got overtaken and overwhelmed and you felt the the heaviness of God. You felt the presence of God. What was God doing? He was inhabiting your praise. He was beginning to fill up your atmosphere, fill up the place, your environment with his presence because his presence is heavy because he's anointed. His presence is heavy. And when his presence comes, oh, when his presence comes, when His presence shows up. You fall down on your face. You'll fall out on your bed. You'll just sit there and you you won't be able to move because the presence of God is so heavy and it is so weighty and you can just feel the presence of God, feel the anointing of God, feel the glory of God. I hope, I hope, Lord, let your glory just begin to fill the people and flood the people, even as we're preaching right now, even as we're speaking right now. Now, let your presence and your glory just flood them to overflowing. Receive the presence of God as I preach on his presence and I preach on his glory. Let the glory of the Lord flood you where you're at. If you're in your bed, be filled with the glory of God. If you're in an office and if you're in a room or if you're in a, a car, be filled with the presence of God. If you're on the beach listening to this, be filled with the presence of God. Let, Father, your glory, let your presence fill the atmosphere, wherever the people are listening to this word right now, be filled with the glory of God. Hallelujah. And so this creation, Lucifer, God is getting his worship. He's getting his praise. He's pleased. His whole creation is doing, honoring him and blessing him just like they're supposed to. And then Lucifer gets jealous and he gets proud and he says, why is it? that I'm the leader of all of this praise and worship and it's going to God, and God's getting all the benefit of it. He said, I want to be like God. I want that. And so he changed. And what he did was, he went to the angels of the Lord, and he got a third of them to follow after him, and he made them promises that if they would worship him instead of worshiping God, then he would bless them. This is what Satan was after. Lucifer was after worship. Worship is the heart of God. Worship is one of the prized possessions of God. Nobody, but nobody, nothing created by God should get worshipped. The only one that is worthy of worship is God. And so when God understood and knew that Lucifer, and God knew this from before the beginning that, uh, of, of everything was created, and that's why he prepared hell for, for Lucifer and his angels, because he knew that they were coming after his worship. Nobody comes after the worship of God. The Bible says, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. You don't worship people. You don't worship idols. You don't worship false gods. You don't worship yourself. You only worship God. And when you stop worshiping God and try to take it on yourself, you become an enemy to God and judgment is right there at the door, ready to take you into the eternal damnation of hell. And so this is why hell was created because Satan tried to steal the worship of God, which he couldn't do. He got kicked out of heaven and he got out of heaven like a bolt of lightning. Jesus said he was like lightning. As he saw him like lightning get kicked out of heaven. But I want you to understand, hell, this is so powerful here. This is why I want you to see what the scripture is saying here, because God is trying to get you and I to understand this truth. And this is why he said, you're going to everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And that word prepared means it means to prepare to make ready. In other words, God made hell and he prepared it. He made it ready so that when he was Going to send Satan and his angels into hell, and every person that went against the things of God, when he was going to send them into hell, then it was already ready and prepared for them to do to them what God said they were supposed to get, and that's judgment, punishment, torment, and pain. This is what hell is. I hope y'all are hearing what I'm saying. You want to go to hell? Don't be stupid. Listen to what I'm saying. You better obey God because this is nothing to play with. Now notice this. Hell was prepared to burn and to destroy and torment Satan and his angels throughout eternity. And hell was never intended for men and women to go there. Notice what the scripture says. Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell was not prepared for men. Hell was not prepared for women. And now watch this. And since hell was not prepared for you, and it was prepared for punishment, and, 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 pain and destruction. Why do you want to go there throughout eternity? The first thing we need to understand is that basically all of us, we really don't know what eternity is. I mean, it's, we can't even phantom eternity. I mean, you can try to think about it forever and ever, but what is that? You don't have a point of reference that you can liken eternity to. So when we talk about eternity, the only way that you can get any kind of sense of what eternity is, is God has got to give you a revelation of it because you can't know it. Because the Bible said, we see in part, we prophesy in part, we know in part because we're in these human bodies and, and and, and we have a sin nature and we have our flesh. And so we don't know we're not omnipotent and we're not omniscient like God is. And so therefore we only know in part. And so it is impossible for us to actually phantom what eternity is. And see, this is the problem with humans on the earth, people that are not born again. They think they can't phantom eternity. So they don't even think about eternity and they, they don't really realize it. But if God would give you and I a true revelation of eternity and then burning in the fires of hell for eternity, and then eventually hell itself getting cast into the lake of fire and then burning in the, 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 the lake of fire's fire for eternity. If you had an idea of what that meant, then you would change everything about your life and you would obey God and follow God because you don't want to go there. And those that you just feel like you know, uh, hell ain't about nothing. I'm just once you die, you just dead, and that's it. You don't know nothing else. Well, we're gonna show you something different as we get into this series of messages. That they're oh, <laughs> you're gonna find out quickly. As Soon as you die, you're gonna realize where hell is, especially when you're not born again. You're gonna realize where hell is. And those of you that are Christians, when you die, you're gonna realize where heaven is. You're gonna immediately realize it. And so we need to understand that what God is trying to take us to is the revelation of what hell is. So hell was not created for people. So people don't go to hell. Don't do the things that are going to cause you to go to hell. You need Jesus. Jesus is your way of eternal life. I offer Jesus to you. Don't do it. Don't live your life apart from the will of God. It only leads to destruction. You have no idea of burning in eternity forever. Just think about the people that died during Adam's time. After Adam and and they began to populate the earth. And those people that died without God, they've been in hell ever since then. And they've been burning in hell's fire and tormented in that flame, burning, but never burning up, but in the pain and the torment that you can't even take it. This is what is going on. And so it was prepared for punishment. Hell was prepared to punish Satan, to burn him, to to cook him and to make him feel pain for him trying to steal God's worship. Come on and hear what I'm saying. The devil's got a high price to pay. You don't come after God's worship. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So it was made for the devil and his angels. But I'm going to share with you right now, people will also go to hell. I want you to see this. People will also go to hell. They're not supposed to go there, but they're going to go there. And I want you to understand something about this. Not only are people going to go to hell, but the majority of people are going to go to hell. Now it's bad. Come on and listen. It's terrible when you were created to live in eternity with God And then even after sin came into the world, Jesus came and redeemed us to make it possible for us to live an eternal life with God again so that we would not have to go to hell and burn in the fires of hell. Then on top of that, listen to what I'm saying now. He made it possible for his Holy Spirit to come inside of you and destroy Satan's power over your life by giving you the authority to crucify your sin nature so that you don't have to obey it any longer. Because now you got the spirit of God and he's giving you authority. We're preaching on that on Sundays. Who are the, the true, the real sons and daughters of God to many as received him to them. Gave he the power to become the sons, the authority, the right and the might to become the sons and daughters of God. And so we need to understand some things here is that when God created Hell, he did not want humans to go there. He created, listen, people were created, every human, whether you're saved or not saved, you were created in the image and likeness of God. So he surely didn't want you going into hell to burn because you're made in his image and his likeness. So why go there when you don't have to? Nothing in this world is worth it. The Bible said, What shall it profit a man? To gain the whole world and all of the stuff that's in it and lose his own soul. Because remember now, you ain't going to be here but a few years, 70 to maybe 100 years, and that's it. And then you got to deal with eternity. And everything that you did in the time that you were on this earth is going to determine where you spend eternity. And remember, there's only two places you're going to go. You're either going to go to heaven where there's eternal joy and bliss and living with God and walking in the peace of God and the prosperity of God and the pleasure of God and the authority of God. Or you're going to go to hell where there's everlasting fire and torment and punishment and pain and judgment for your sin. And you will burn forever and ever and ever. There are only two places. Now, you're going to take the chance and you're going to live your life for these few short years on the earth and you're going to allow these few short years to punch your ticket to eternal damnation. Don't be silly. Don't be stupid. Don't be crazy. Listen to the word of God. This word is truth and God wants you free. He sent Jesus. Jesus went into hell and burned in the fires of hell so that you and I could be set free from the powers of darkness. Now, he went so you don't have to go. So don't go. Give your life to Jesus and give your life to Jesus now. I don't care how much fun you think you're having. Those things without God are eventually going to kill you. Because that's what the devil does. He uses those things to draw you further and further away from God to get you so caught up into those things that you begin to worship them and they become your God until finally you die without accepting the Lord and therefore it takes you into your eternal death. This is not what God wants for you. People were not created to go to hell, but people are going to go and the majority of people are going and that's bad. Let's take a look. Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, and we're going to see, even though people are not supposed to go to hell, they're going. Now, let's take a look at Matthew, chapter 17. Now, let's take a look at verses 13 through 14. The Bible says, enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many there be which go in thereat so he says that straight is the gate and why uh, straight uh, enter in at the straight gate he said no i want you going into the straight gate because the other gate is wide and the way is broad and it leads you to destruction and he said many there be which go in thereat He said, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. He said, and few there be that find it. So you see right there, first of all, God is saying there are more people going to hell than there are going to heaven. And you as a Christian are in the minority as far as the population of the earth. And so the Bible says, and we're going to go back to that scripture because we need to see some things that he's saying to us in this word. But you need to understand that as you live this life, and and when we talk about uh, narrow is the way you're going to find out uh, why it's so difficult for you to live a Christian life. And, and, And that's why you had to be given the Holy Spirit. He had to give you power in order to be able to live this life because of all of the pressures that you're going to come under trying to be a Christian. And so we need to understand that. So let's get back to that verse and we'll see exactly what I'm talking about. He says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that which go in thereat. So the first thing you need to understand is that there are going to be more people living the opposite of what you're living. Okay. You're going to be in the minority of trying to live. So the most people are going not going to agree with the way that you're living. Now that's bad. Now what's worse is that many people in the church are not going to agree when you're trying to walk in the straight gate because we got a lot of wide gators that are in the church and those wide gators are trying to make it hard on those that are straight gators. Because we want to live the life that God has prepared for us, but those in the wide gate, those wide gate Christians, those are the ones that are trying to bring the world into the church and then try to use the Bible to justify living in sin and then bringing condemnation on true Christians who want to live the Word and, and and forsake sin. And so this is what's going on in the church. So now it says, For straight is the gate, wide is. Uh, for straight is the gate, for wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go in there at The word destruction is the word apoleia, and that word, it comes from the word apollom, which means to fully destroy something. Now, that's what that word means. So th- this word, it means it's the state of after you die. This destruction is the state after you die where you are excluded from salvation and all of its benefits. And instead of being what you might have been, what God had called you to be, you're going to be lost and ruined and destroyed. You're going to be fully destroyed. But it's bad when you can be fully destroyed, but yet you're still getting fully destroyed over and over all day, every day for eternity. And so this is what I'm, I'm trying to get you to see is this destruction comes when you physically die. Remember what I said, your spirit and your soul separate from your body and your spirit and soul go into hell and begin to burn immediately. Your body begins to decay. But the day comes when the judgment comes that God brings your body back to that state of what it, where it was physically before it died. And it puts it back, your spirit and soul back in your body. And then your body and your spirit and soul are put back into the fires and there they burn. But this time it's a physical burn as well as a spiritual and a soulish burn. I want you to hear what I'm saying. This is so powerful because you need to understand that those that are, that are dead and without Christ, they're going to have a physical and spiritual torment for eternity. And that is pain at its highest extent, higher than you can take. But somehow God created you. You must, you will take it, but you can't take it. I can't even imagine how that is. And it's for eternity. Why burn like that? What in the world? How could you have that kind of mentality to want to live like that? Can you imagine having the fullest amount of pain? You can't tolerate it. It's more than you can tolerate, but God has made it so that you're going to tolerate it, but you can't tolerate it. And you're burning forever and ever. I can't even imagine that kind of torment. Because you want to just pass out, but you can't pass out. You just keep taking it. And it just keeps burning you and, and you're just screaming. And the Bible said weeping and gnashing of teeth, there's screaming and hollering. There's crying out, but there's no help. You need to understand something. Hell is real. And if you don't obey God, you're going to go there for eternity. This is real. This is real. Those of you there on YouTube, you saw the thumbnail with the body and the fires of hell burning up. And you notice he had some headphones on because one of the major ways that the devil is going to get people going into hell is through their music through the music that they play, the music that they listen to, because that music is a spirit. Remember now, Satan is the music and he has corrupted his wisdom. So now he brings music to the earth. And if you notice, most of the people on earth are listening to the wrong kind of music because that music that they listen to and what they enjoy does not worship and praise and honor God. Any music that doesn't honor God, that doesn't worship God, that doesn't praise God is not for Christians to listen to or to get involved in because God is to be worshiped. The purpose of music was not to entertain you and me. The purpose of music was for us to be led into the process of worshiping and praising God. That's why he created Lucifer to lead the creation of God and play the kind of music that would cause God's creation to want to worship him. What Lucifer did and what all of these musicians on earth are doing right now is they're being deceived by the devil into thinking that music is only sound and that they can play any kind of music they want because it's just sound and it's not really doing anything. But you need to understand, oh, yes, it is. Because if it is not leading and it is not anointed by the spirit of God, then it is leading those that are are listening to that music into Satan's kingdom. It's like the Pied Piper playing folks right into the, the pit of hell. You need to understand that. And so when we're talking about this destruction, this worldliness has come into the church. And so now everything and anything goes and anybody can do whatever they want to do. This is what's going on in the body of Christ. See, this is what God is trying to get you and I to see. Notice what the Scripture says here. Oh, I'm telling you, this. This word is. Oh, this word is powerful. He said, "Enter in at the straight gate. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Again, that destruction is is complete destruction. It is it is a person that is just completely uh, wiped out, destroyed, fully ruined." judged, punished. That's what happens. Then he says something else. Notice what else he says. He says, for entering at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. In other words, since it's a wide gate and a broad way and many can go in, that means that it's easy. That's the easy way. Everybody's doing it. That's the acceptable way. There's no pressure to be unsaved. You need to understand something. It is easy to live outside of the kingdom of God. In this world, it is so easy to be unsaved. Why? Because there's so many temptations, tests and trials, and there's so much, so much wickedness. And since you don't have control over your own spirit and soul because your sin nature is running your life, the carnal nature of man, and it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. And your sin nature views the things of God as foolishness. And since you haven't given in to God, you're living by that sin nature that Adam and Eve um, uh, picked up when they transgressed God's law. And it's passed on to every human that is ever born through their parents And so that sin nature is really the ability to know evil, to love evil and to produce evil. So guess what happens here, here, everybody on earth, they're knowing evil, they're loving evil and they're trying any way they can to produce evil. See, this is why you need to understand you got to be set free from that sin nature because every one of us have the ability in us to love evil, to know evil and to produce evil. And then when we're doing that, then the devil is there to help us and to empower us. He's got demons there that want to inhabit us and completely take us over so that they can just use us completely like old dish rag. And you need to understand this is what's going on. This is the pressures of life. And so the Bible says that straight is the gate, but then it says, but wide is the gate. Come on, hear what I'm saying. And broad is the way to destruction. Many there be that going there at. So you're going to be, you're going to be as a Christian swimming upstream. Now notice what it says here. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way. Narrow. The word narrow there is the word filbo, And it means, watch this now, because this, 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 this is, this is some, this is powerful. This word flibble, it means to press together, to compress or to afflict. It means a person that's pressed on like a person that's in a crowd. And and so what in essence, what it is saying is when you are going to live this life that God wants you to live. You're going to be in a tight spot. You're going to be pressed and pressured. It's a tight, it's a narrow way. Because watch this now, because when you start living your life the way God wants you to live it, the pathway of save, of salvation is so narrow because the, the the way of death and destruction is so broad. And so all around you, you're going to be inundated from the day you open your eyes when you're born until the day you close them at death you're going to be inundated with the world. You're going to be inundated with everything that the devil can offer you to stay his servant. This is what the devil does. And so when God comes and says, now here's the way you got to live. But then when you start analyzing the way that I need to live in order to worship God, Compared to what the world is doing, because see, the Bible says that we are the, we are created for God's praise. So, so we should be praising God. That's who we praise. But then the world, they praise themselves. They praise others. They praise objects. They praise uh, jobs. They praise status. They praise uh, money. They praise all, everything other than God. So you understand now you're not to praise any of those other things. So you don't praise yourself. And so then guess what happens? Then the life that you're living becomes filled. You feel like you're so pressed and it's so tight because man, they doing all of this stuff. And I, you know, I, I don't need to be doing that because that's going against God's word. So it makes it feel like, and it makes it feel like now it, it, it's really not that because when you get Christ, you have the liberty and the power to live and you don't live under that pressure. And the reason why is because God gives you supernatural peace. The peace of God that passes all understanding. And so you're able to enjoy living the way God lives and, and God wants you to live. But the problem is when you're vacillating between the world and God, then the world begins to look more apart up- Uh, 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 appropriate for you to live. It it begins to allure you because of the the temptations of the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. The devil comes then to begin to, to inundate you with all of these pressures. And so as a Christian, you begin to get pressed on the outside and pressed on the inside to do evil and to do wicked. That's what this word also means here. It means to oppress with evil. This word narrow also means to oppress a person with with evil to afflict them and to distress them, and it and under derivative of that word, it means to crush. In essence, what happens is you're getting pressure when you start trying to live right. That's why it's a narrow way, is because you get pressured from the devil not to live the way God wants you to live. Because remember, now God has given you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy so that nothing shall by any means hurt you. You've got the power over Satan. And so when you start living your life like that, that power can begin to manifest in your life and you can begin to then get people out of the kingdom of darkness, out of Satan's kingdom, and get them translated into the kingdom of God's dear son by using the ministry of reconciliation, which you have gotten from Jesus at your salvation, which means you have the power now to begin to share With the world, that there's no war against you and God. God loves you, and then you can reconcile them or bring them back into restored relationship with God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have that ability to do that, but by doing that, you're going to take people out of Satan's kingdom. Satan doesn't want that to happen, so he begins to attack you, he begins to oppress you, he begins to bring Terror and fear and persecution on you. And so it's narrow the way that you live now because everything that you do, you can just be a Christian, you can be on a job. And say you you you're at the water cooler, going to get some water, and other people on your job and they're not born again, and then they're telling an old dirty, nasty joke, and you're there because you're getting the water, and so they're all laughing at it, and you don't laugh, and so they look at you like, Well, what's wrong with you? How come you ain't laughing? Oh, you think we wrong? and uh, oh, oh, so you're a Christian. See, you're getting persecuted. You're getting pressured. And this is what happens. It happens for your own, your own family members. Jesus said that a man's foes will be those of their own household because everybody's family is not going to want to obey and serve God the way God wants them to be served. And so a lot of times and many times when you begin to serve God and when you want to walk with God and obey God, it's going to seem like a narrow way in comparison to the wide, broad way that everybody else is living. Everybody, any. Anything goes with everybody else, but a whole lot of stuff don't go with you because you don't want to do that because you don't want to go against God. So God has to give you power. He has to give you authority. He has to give you peace. He has to give you love, joy, goodness, kindness, meekness, temperance, faithfulness. Come on, somebody long suffering and gentleness. He gives that to you in order to empower you to to keep you so that when these oppressions come and these attacks come, come and the afflictions come and these these persecutions come, you're able to withstand it because the power of God. That's why the Bible said in Ephesians chapter six, verse 10, uh, uh, listen to what he's saying here. He said, uh, put on the whole armor of God because be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to wrestle, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. We're wrestling against Satan's kingdom. He's coming against us. He said, but you put on the whole armor of God. Have on the blessed of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, your loins girded about with truth, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the shield of faith, so that you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. In essence, now, what God does is once you get saved, then he gives you the armor to wear so that it will protect you from all of these pressures that are going to come on you since you're walking in a narrow pathway. And so when the devil comes to persecute you, he's trying to drive you out of the kingdom so that you can live that broad life that will take you into hell. And and, and this is what the devil wants you to do. Well, praise God. We're going to stop right here because there's so much that we've got to get into. But I want you to understand something. People are going to hell when they're not supposed to. Next uh, next Thursday, we're going to get more into this and we're going to show you more about how people are going into hell and how the devil is deceiving people and s- just sucking them up and keeping them away from the things of God. And people are actually just walking away from God. And they're even church people. The devil has infiltrated the church. I want you to hear what I'm saying. He's infiltrated the church from the highest levels of its government down to the, 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 the lowest level of just the membership sitting out in the congregation and all the way through. The devil is has infiltrated himself into the church. He's like a snake that is slithering all throughout the church, and he slithers from the back of the church. He slithers under the seats. He slithers all around. He slithers up the steps. He slithers up into the pulpit. He slithers around the pulpit and slithers around up into the choir stand and slithers back down into the boardroom. He slithers all the way over into the deacon's room. He slithers to the where they're counting the money, and the devil is just slithering everywhere all throughout the church. You need to understand there are snakes in the church. The serpents are in the church. We're going to show you that next week. I pray this word has been a blessing to you. Listen, I don't want to go to hell. You don't want to go to hell. You don't need to go to hell. But if you don't live the way God has prescribed for you to live, that's exactly where you're going to go. But Jesus came. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And then he said, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I want you to understand. Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing, absolutely nothing, shall by any means hurt you. God bless you. I pray that this message has been a benefit to you and a blessing. We'll see you next Thursday as we continue to talk about people are also going to hell. Until then, be blessed and enjoy Jesus. (music)